Psalm 23 is without a doubt the most familiar psalm in, in the book of in, in the Bible and in the book of the Psalms. And and like an old friend, many of us have known the psalm since childhood. This is a psalm that every seasoned saint can recall and and, and recite by memory. And it is a psalm that we we want to hear when our bodies begin to fail us. And it, it is a psalm that we welcome it from our hospital bed. We lean on it when we stand at the grave of a dear friend. And we circle back to it when we are stricken with grief or, we just, or we're just going through a very difficult time in our lives. We depend on it because of the words it gives us. It, it strengthens us to go forward and it equips us and refreshes our faith. However, as with an old friend, we often take the psalm for granted. We know where to find it. We know the words. The question is, do we really appreciate um, what, it, what it entails, what it tells us about our great shepherd? And that is what we want to do tonight, to be reminded again what, what, what a great privilege it is to be a Christian, to be a sheep in, in Christ's flock, and, and, and to be led by a great shepherd, by Jesus Christ. And so Jesus, uh, David, in the psalm, he begins right from the, right from the get-go, right off the bat, he begins with this confession, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. These words are so dear to us, so familiar. Every believer can, these words on, can take these words on his lips and say, say the very same words, the Lord is my shepherd. It is a common theme in scripture, and David, who himself was a shepherd, is very familiar with what he is saying. And everyone around this time knew what a a shepherd would be like, what a shepherd is. And again, we know know this picture. It it is almost like a cliche to us. And the question is, again, do do we believe that? Can we really grasp? Uh, this truth in this psalm. The Bible gives God many great names. We, we hear and read about God as our refuge, our strength, our rock, our, our, for- our fortress, shield, hope, comfort. All these, these great names, Savior, King, and so on. And he is all that to us. But, but when we hear these words Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. They, are, they, they comfort us. And, and, and Luther, he said, some of the other names which Scripture gives God sound almost too splendid, too majestic, and at once arouse awe and fear when we hear them. For, for example, Lord, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the creator of, of heaven and earth, those are true, but when we hear the Lord is our shepherd, this is special. It has a friendly, friendly sound. It is it's just wonderful to, to imagine Christ as our shepherd feeding us, protecting us, preserving us from misfortune, care, caring for us, and helping us out of all troubles and, and comforting us. 
strengthening us. All, all, of, all of this is, is comprehended in this one word, shepherd. And it's one of the most beautiful and comforting metaphors in scripture. The creator of heaven and earth is our personal caregiver. He, he knows my name. He knows my needs. He knows your name and your needs and, and your character. He, he even knows your, your frailties and he knows of your sins. And yet he is still your shepherd. And, and listen what he says. He, he's not saying he's a shepherd or the shepherd. But he's saying he's my shepherd. There's an intimate relationship and he can, he can call the creator God his very own shepherd. But this says just as much about David as it does about God, or vice versa. Don't forget that David was a king. And here in the psalm, he looks back at his life and he describes himself as a sheep. The great king. This is a very humble depiction of himself. Sheep, let's face it, are not majestic animals. We like to think of ourselves more like, um, or at least as, as children, we play that game. What would I be when, I, and when I'm an animal? I would be, when I would be an animal, and, and I would like of myself as a, a lion or a bear, you know, strong and majestic and, and, and just a beautiful animal that, that is angst-inducing. The, the, the kids, maybe the girls, they want to be a, a horse, elegant and fast and, and beautiful. But listen what, what David says. I'm a sheep. And he, he is king, right? It would make sense if he, if he would say, I'm a lion. But he says, no, I'm not strong. I'm not smart. I'm not brave. I am foolish. I'm weak. I'm timid. I'm utterly dependent on my shepherd. And this is a humble heart that, that knows who he is and, and what he needs. There's a poem by William Ernest Henley, and I'm sure everyone knows of it. And he contemplates about life very similar to what David is doing here. And, and, and he thinks about the different facets of life. And he concludes by saying, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my faith. I am the captain of my soul. This rings quite different from what David is saying here, doesn't it? Who says, he restores my soul. I am not the captain of my soul. No, he restores my soul. We often hear this, this slogan, and, and you read it in schools, Always believe you can do it. Believe in yourself. And we tell that to preschool kids who, left alone, would, would die within a couple of days. No, we, we rest on Christ. We know that we have a shepherd who feeds us. David, instead of asserting his own control, believes that the greatest comfort is to know that we are under the care of a shepherd who leads us. And it is a shepherd that knows exactly what we need. If God is our shepherd and I am his sheep, then I am very well supplied, both in body and soul. And so, and so he concludes 
by saying, I shall not want. Not because I have this or that, or I don't lack food or, 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 or health, but because he is my shepherd. This is the, the only condition that I need. And this gives the psalm the, the foundation and, and frames it, and, and everything else flows out of that. It is because the Lord is my shepherd that I shall not want. So David, he, he continues and he gives this beautiful scene and describes the sheep feeding on green pastures. There's no better place for a sheep to be. And this is generally the beginning of a Christian life. You hear the gospel and you embrace it and you, you rest in Christ and you have a new family and life is good. Things are good and, and you enjoy it. I remember during my time at seminary, one day I came home and, and my wife was watching the two kids and they were playing together. No, no fight, no argument. It was a, a wonderful a sunny day and, and my, my wife said to me, my heart is full. And I didn't know how to react. I actually started laughing and, say, and, and told her, who, who talks like that? Yeah. <laughs> that must be the Californian... Um, talking, rubbing off on us. Um, we don't talk about our emotions as, as Germans. Um, but, but there are days like that, aren't there, where the, the, the pastures are green um, and we, we can enjoy life. It's beautiful. It's tranquil. And, and the interesting thing is that we often think about this, what is described here, as a beautiful and tranquil life. But I think, and I want to submit to you, that primarily this green pastures, what David describes here, is not an easy life. This is not why, why Jesus came into this world. This is the green pastures are God's word that we are feed upon. Every Sunday as we come together, we are being fed. <coughs> he feeds us with his wonderful word. He himself, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. And here he, he tells us, he makes us lay down. He, he has given us this Lord's day to, to pause and, and to take a break from our labors and, and to come together and to hear his word and to be strengthened in our faith. To take a break from this busy, evil, and perverted world and, and to rest. And listen, he, he makes us lay down. And sometimes we, we go too fast and we go into directions that are harmful to us. And he brings us back. There's this story from, about this shepherd who had this one sheep who would always wander away. And he would go and, and bring it back. And, and day after day, the same thing would happen until he decided to take the sheep and break one of his, its legs so that it would remain in the flock, among the flock. Sometimes God has to intervene and, and, and make us lay down and to contemplate and to see what is important and to be fed by his word among his people. He restores my soul, not with earthly goods, but with his word with a means of grace. 
Listen how, how Luther put it. He said, this shepherd feeds them in a green pasture and leads them to the fresh water so they may become quite fat and strong and restored spiritually and physically. During my time at seminary, I, I, I learned to value the Lord's Day more and more, and, and I grew quite fat and strong spiritually and actually physically. Um, but this is how God had designed it for his name's sake. But, but he, he doesn't stop here. He's honest about life, and he talks about the difficult phases too. And this is a quite different scene. He, he talks about the dark clouds that veil the word of God. And you can't quite hear, hear it, even if you come on Sundays, you're so sickened with, with pain and, and, and you're hurting, you're weak and you're distressed and, and sin is, is creeping into your life. Many see in verse 4 the description of, of a nearing death and it, it can mean both. But nonetheless, <coughs> David is saying, even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he fears no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with him. You are with him. You are with me here in verse 4. And, and this is the very center of Psalm 23. There are exactly 26 words prior to that and 26 words after that. You are with me is the very center of Psalm 23. And so because Jesus is with us, we don't have to fear the shadow of death. And, and in fact, shadows can't hurt us. It, it is simply the shadow. <clears throat> and, and notice the change in, prepos in the preposition. He's not only uh, not longer talking about him, but to him. You and, and your. It is you, my shepherd, who is not only guiding me, but protecting me. Your staff guides me, and your rod protects me. And he drives away every enemy and protects his beloved sheep. He's not building a wall around his children, around the Christians, around us. But he's actually going forward. He's not driving us, he's leading us. And he says, I pass through. This is not the final destination. This is not our end. I don't have to fear death because Jesus himself already was there and conquered it. He is the shepherd, as we read, who laid down his life. Jesus has been here too, and he walked this valley, and he walks it now with the sheep. And so we don't have to fear because death is not the end. He, he is with us, and not even death can snap us out of his hand, as we read. And, and, and in John chapter 10, verse 27 to 28, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is what David knows and, and rests in. No one can snatch him out. No, no matter how strong the enemy that assail you, assails you, no matter how much the devil accuses you or your own conscience, nothing can snatch you out of this wonderful Savior, our shepherd, because he's with you. 
And, and he, he concludes this wonderful psalm with the verses 5 and 6. And this great promise that we have. He speaks here and, and he says he prepares a table for us. What does he mean by that? He prepares a table for us. Think about the Lord's table. As you come together to, to eat and be fed again by the blood and body of Christ. It is in the presence of our enemies, the world around us. We are living right among them. And they hate the gospel. They hate God. They hate us, the bride, his church, the devil, the world, our own flesh. And yet, every time we come together to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, Jesus Christ tells us, even among your enemies, sit and eat and enjoy. And, and it actually tells us that what Christ did and is represented with the table is sufficient for us. It's sufficient to, to bring us to, to bring us to heaven. The promise that he made, the gift of salvation, his pardon sustains us and he feeds us every time we come to the table while the enemy is surrounding us. And he says he anoints us and our cup overflows. It is a foretaste of the heavenly feast that awaits us. And, and this picture is a picture of abundance. We, we come into his house, house not longer as his sheep, but now we are his guests. We are his, his friends. We, we are actually his bride. He, cleanses, he cleansed us and he anoints us with oil. This is how, how a bride would make, make herself ready for the wedding. And David says, my cup, my cup overflows as he thinks about the promises of God. And he ends with verse 6, and it is a remarkable way of ending the psalm. And this is actually the end of every believer. He says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is David, who, who fled and, and was hiding in a cave during his life. He, he stood at the grave of his son, the son who rebelled against him. He committed grievous sin, and he, he lived through all sorts of trials and difficulties. But at the end of his life, he looks back and he, he says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The good shepherd, he, he came and he, he was pursuing me, not to condemn me, but out of love to bring me back. And we all don't always understand God's, God's way, God's path for us. And it is not for us to always understand it, but it is for us to trust him. And how can we not, seeing how, how the shepherd gave himself up, as a lamb for sinners. He came to rescue the sick and the poor like, like you and me. And it's interesting how Psalm 23 is carefully placed between Psalm 22 and Psalm 20, 24. One, 
Psalm 22 is one of the greatest psalms of lament, which Jesus himself took upon his own lips. When he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is what we find in Psalm 22, a a, a psalm about the deep, dark night of of the soul. It's a psalm of of a shattered relation and and when you feel forsaken and abandoned by God. And this is the psalm that comes right before Psalm 23. And you know what comes after Psalm 23? It is the psalm of great glory and power and might. Psalm 24, a song that is about Jesus' ascension into heaven. And we read there, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And the question is, how do we get from a deep lament in Psalm 22, this cry of weeping and forsakenness, to the great Psalm of 24? where the gates of righteousness are thrown open to to us? And the answer is you get there only through the great shepherd of Psalm 23. Because this shepherd who wept in Psalm 22 is the same shepherd who is being received in glory in Psalm 24. So that he might open, throw open the gates of righteousness to the helpless and weak sheep like you and me. And there are, there are many pictures in the Bible of, of a lamp, a lamb, a lamb that went to the slaughter and did not open his mouth. Jesus Christ is this lamb. But think, about, think, think with me about this cup that is mentioned. This cup that overflows with goodness and mercy. Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, this cup was filled to the brim with the wrath of God. And he drank the cup to the very end, and, and then he, he, he took the cup and filled it up with goodness and mercy. And he places it in, into our hands, and he says, drink, this is yours. This is what I've done for you. And this is what the, the psalm describes, this, this love for us, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who loved us, to, that, that, so that he even laid down his life for us. And this is why we love the psalm so much, for good reason. It tells us about Jesus' love, Jesus' love for us. And it reminds us what a great thing it is to be a Christian, to be a sheep in Jesus' flock. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We marvel when we think about your love. We thank you for this wonderful psalm that speaks about your son as our good, great shepherd. And being reminded that we lack nothing, for we have Christ, and in Christ we have everything that we need for life and godliness. And yes, we realize that this life entails many hardships and trials. 
and we experience sometimes that it makes it hard to see your loving care. Thank you for reminding us that we are never alone, that, that you are with us, and we don't have to fear anything in this world. Give us the grace and strengthen our faith that we can speak like David, and that we can walk through this world with confidence, with boldness, knowing that we are your sheep. We thank you for all that in Jesus' name. Amen.